children like are going out to children's church. Well, that's a good looking crowd there. Paula, can you handle all that? You got it. Huh? Uh, all right. Well, I praise the Lord for that. I'd like to see the children uh, coming to church and uh, pray for that a lot. I, when you see children in church, it just seems so much livelier and happier, and it's just a uh, it's just a blessing to me to see the children. So, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter twenty nine. And you might want to just get out a piece of paper or something, because this is one of these sermons where you're going to get a lot of verses. Uh, <laughs> and when I usually do that, I'm trying to show you something or, or uh, teach you something that I believe that, that God's Word is, says is true. And rather than me just stand up here and give my opinion or say, well, the Bible says so, I want you to see it for yourself. So you might not have turn, time to turn to all the Scriptures this morning that I will give you, but you may be surprised about the subject and all the Scriptures that there are in the Bible uh, referring to that subject. The Bible says, uh, tells that it's good re- for reproof. There's most anything that you want to study or know about or or look at in, in our society and in in, uh, in this world, you can go to God's Word and find something. Uh, today I want to just sort of probably walk on thin ice, I guess. So y'all just get ready. Everybody's like, what? <laughs> I'm going to do a no-no. They have, I have always been told you do not mix church and what? Politics. Guess what I'm going to do today? I'm going to miss church and politics. Oh, no. Uh, but I think you'll, may, uh, hopefully you will be enlightened. I, I had sat down and, and actually all week long I had been studying something else. And uh, Saturday nights and, and Friday mornings is usually I start just sort of putting an outline together and putting down things that getting all my notes together that I've taken through the week. And, and I'm doing that and the Lord says, nah, I don't want you preaching on that. And how I got, this has nothing to do with what I thought God wanted me to preach about all week. How I got here, uh, God only knows. But I, as I prayed about it and I asked him to show me what he'd have me to do, uh, this is it. And I said, well, Lord, why? You know we're not supposed to mix church and politics. I mean, but then I got looking. He didn't ever say that anywhere. Uh, Jeremiah 29, we'll read that in just a minute. But part of uh, what you see, how many are on social media? Facebook, all that. How many have ever seen people post on there what they think the government ought to do? Yeah? Come on now. It's all over, isn't it? You hear it on the news. You hear it on social media. Uh, This person's got that opinion. This person's got this opinion. Uh, I have good Christian friends that are posting stuff too. And and look, don't don't get. uh, I I have quit. Uh, Don't think that I'm pointing my finger at you or getting onto you about this, uh, because I was very adamant about myself at one time. Uh, I remember when I first got on Facebook, we were out in Colorado, and I got on Facebook uh, pretty much to just keep up with my friends back in Georgia. Well, the more I got on it, the more these good posts come up that just really hit home, and I thought every idiot in America ought to know what the truth is, and I was going to straighten them out, right? Right? <laughs> 
All right, come on, y'all with me? There's a bunch of people, how can they believe what they believe? And I am going to straighten the United States out through my Facebook post. We're all guilty, those of you on Facebook. You look at things, you hear things at work, and you're thinking, oh, man. And the more you hear some of the stuff that don't agree, what, and I'm not saying whether you're Republican or Democrat, you hear things, how in the world can people think like they do? And the more you hear, the more you just feel your blood pressure raising. Anybody else? Come on. How can it be that? How can people just let our country go down the tube? How can they think that way? How can they do that? And uh, what does the Bible say about it? Does it say anything about it? It does. I'll just go ahead and answer that. But I think this division that we see in our country, we have, I mean, they want to impeach the president. They want to impeach senators and congressmen, and they ought to be shot for treason and, you know, all this junk out there. What is really going on? You ever just thought, what's really going on? Uh, I think I know. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 25, uh, he was talking to the Pharisees and and he made a a very excellent point concerning a government or a people or a house. He says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Hmm. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand Let me tell you, our country was founded on the Word of God, I believe, with all my heart. We have sent out missionaries. Uh, We have brought, done many great things to bring peace. We've done a lot of stupid things. I'm going to say we're perfect in all that we do. We've done some things, everybody's going to make mistakes, but I think by far, as a whole, for the last 240-something years, America has done great things in the world. In God we trust. We, we, we put God first and foremost, and Satan doesn't like it. And so now in these last few years, you have seen a great division. We are divided uh, uh, on religion. We're divided on race. We're divided on politics. We're divided in every way known. Just trying to bring a division. And Jesus said, if you're divided, you will not stand. I think it's a ploy. You can say, well, it's the Democrats dividing us, or it's the Republicans, or it's the Libertarians, or it's these people, it's that people. No, the root of all of it is Satan is working his best to destroy what God wants to do with our country. And we've got to keep that first and foremost. Throughout this message, I want you to keep that first and foremost, that there is someone in control, and it's not Donald Trump. It's not Putin. It's not the whoever the little guys that wear the turbans on their head in the desert over there. It's not those people. God is in the, on his throne. And God is working things for his purpose, for his plan, good and bad. So let's look at that today. Jeremiah chapter 29. We are not going to read the whole chapter. I'm actually... Uh, I'm not going to just read it all through like I normally do because it's a long chapter. But I want to pull out some uh, things that God had told Israel 
uh, they were going into captivity into Babylon. Jeremiah was the prophet. And they were going into captivity because they had turned from God. They began to worship false idols. They began to to be uh, have mediocrity in their beliefs. Sound familiar? And so God took, put them into captivity under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. For 70 years they were in captivity. Now we read about this here and then, and God gives Jeremiah instructions of how they will lead, live that captivity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings to us. Father, we thank you for your blessings on our nation. Lord, and as I come before you and, and try to share the gospel, try to share what you would have for us to know as Christians of how we ought to live in a country that just seems to have so many problems and it doesn't seem that there's any way out. Lord, we know that you're in control. We know that all things are possible with you. Lord, just lead and guide us. Help us to be what you would have us to be. Lord, lead us in the truth of your word this morning. Speak through me, I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now it says in verse 1, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of elders which were uh, carried away into captivity unto the priests and to the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Uh, so as I told you, that's what's going on. They're going into captivity because they turned from God. God is teaching Israel a lesson. Uh, this is not something that they didn't know was coming. Before they ever went into the promised land, Moses told them, Joshua told them, all through the, the prophets and the kings, he said, if you turn from me, I'm going I'm, I'm to, it's not punishment, but I'm going to correct you. I'm going to bring you back. And it may not be pretty. You're not going to like it. But you are my people. And if you're my people, you're my child, I'm going to correct you. That goes for us today. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 tells us uh, that, that God loves, if, he, if you're his child, God loves you enough to correct you. Okay, so that's what he was doing with Israel. Uh, look in verse 4. Like I said, it, you can go home and read the whole thing. But I want to bring out some points here about how do you live in a society that is far from God, that is not uh, thinking or believing the way you do. What does God say? Verse 4, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away uh, captives, all the Israelites that are going to, to Babylon, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. There's a point number one there. Whom I have caused. you got to understand. Uh, I remember when... <laughs> I guess the first president I ever voted for was Ronald Reagan. Uh-oh, I said a name. Anyway, I voted for a president, and it was Ronald Reagan. That's the first time I ever, I was so proud to be able to vote. And I've seen several presidents since then, and, and some of them I'm like, really? 
How could we elect that person? You know, and, and I'd tell you, I'll be honest, I've been on my little soapbox and I've ranted and raved and, and all the rest. And, and I remember when a particular president got elected, my sister was very upset. Uh, she just didn't know how in the world that could take place. Uh, such a such a person that has no values and and it just seems to be everything against what America is. How could God allow that? And I said, Well, you got it just right. He says, Whom I have caused. See, we got as I told you uh, earlier, that president wasn't in charge. He may be the president, but he's not in charge. He's not the king. There is a king of kings and lord of lords, and he is on his throne, and he caused, I believe, that president to be elected for several reasons. I believe that it was preparation for, for the end times. I believe it could have been uh, as a wake-up call to Christians, to believers, that, hey, you want to fall away from me? I'll give you a president. I'll give you somebody that doesn't think like you do, that doesn't uh, hold the same values. God is working on his people to teach them. You understand that? God is always working. Uh, individually, as a nation, God is always at work to teach them his ways, to, to, to conform us into the image of his son. So this is what he was doing with Israel. It wasn't to, to punish Israel. It was to correct Israel. And, and you know, if you, uh, you tell a child, okay, uh, you better not do that anymore. Uh, that's bad, and I don't want you to do it. Guess what they're going to do tomorrow? Exactly what you told them not to do. But I tell you what, as a little boy, my daddy would get a hold of me and, and well, they say apply the, uh, the board of education to the seat of knowledge. And he'd wear my little fanny out. I didn't forget that very soon. And see, God knows that too. He knows how we are. I mean, look at 9-11. We'll never forget. We'll never forget. <laughs> it hadn't been long and we forgot. We have forgotten. How, how, how delicate our freedoms and our liberties are. And how easy it is for some foreign or domestic to come in and take those liberties and freedoms away if they so desire. God's hand is on our nation. And if God lifts his hand off our nation, we're in trouble. I have caused it, he says. I'm going to teach him a lesson. He put them in, in a land of pagan rulers, a land of people that didn't even know him. These weren't Christians that he put them in the land with. They were unbelievers. They, didn't, they worshiped other gods. But God took his people and put them under them for a purpose. To teach them, to show them the right way. I caused it, says the Lord. So when you're in a mess like that, what do you do? When you're in a mess and, and there seems that, that there's no hope for the land that you live in, it can never be changed, it can never go right, what do you do? He says in verse 5, build ye houses. And dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. 
take you wives and, and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and, and give your daughters and husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Now let me just give you a little footnote, side note here. He's not te- John, he's not saying you need more than one wife. When he says wives, plural, he's talking to a nation, not to an individual. So don't worry, Robin, I don't believe we ought to have more than one wife. I couldn't handle more than one wife. But you know, some people take those verses and they say that's where God says it's all right to have more than one wife. Just a little footnote for you there. He's talking to a nation. But the point of what what do you do when you're in a land? It says get busy doing what you know God wants you to do. Be fruitful and multiply. Uh, Take care first of home. Provide first at home. There's a thought. Many of us are homes on the sidebar. I've got a nation to straighten out. Right? See, I think if we take care of home first, it works that way. It works up. He's saying first you take care of home. First you do what I've called you to do at home, in your own heart. I'll never change a nation. I'll never change a people unless you first are changed. I'll show you that in just a little bit. So first you take care of home. You do what I've called you to do. Verse 7, and seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away into captivity. Wow. What that's saying is live peaceably in that city. First of all, at home, you live peaceably with your pagan neighbor. Y'all listening? I got some friends that aren't very peaceful on Facebook. They're just downright ugly. Be careful what you post, even though you may be dead right in your mind. That person you're getting on to is dead right in their mind. We'll talk about that some more in a minute. But first he says to live peaceably with your neighbor. Live peaceably in that city and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof you shall have peace. Remember I was talking about divided nation? We're so divided, there's so much turmoil in it. As Christians, are you living peacefully with your neighbor? Are you living peaceful at home? Are you arguing and fussing? I mean, we had a big 4th of July and everybody had families over. How many got in a big uh, debate over politics and got mad at each other? Okay? God says don't do that. Live peaceably with all men. Some of you sort of smile, and that must have happened. Yeah? And I got in a little debate. It, wasn't, it was over religion. It wasn't about politics. It wasn't really debate. It was peaceful, though. He says, pray for peace in the land so you will have peace. Uh, pray to God, the one that sits on the throne, to give peace to Babylon. Because if I'm living in Babylon... And there's no peace in Babylon. Guess what? There's no peace in my house either. So it's good for you to pray for the peace of pagan people, of people that don't believe, the people don't think like you do, uh, to pray for our president. Oh, he's not my president. Yes, he is. 
Now it's time to pray for him. Pray that God sends peace in the land, that you will have peace. Are you listening this morning? This is what he told Israel, but I think it's a good application for us today. Pray for peace in the land. Verse 8, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. What's he saying there? See, during this time, there were Jeremiah was the prophet of God, and Jeremiah was putting out the word, you're going into captivity, and you're going to be there 70 years. But after 70 years, God will hear your cry. God will hear your plea. God will hear your prayers, and he will deliver you from Babylon. But see, there was prophets out there that said, oh, no, 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 no. Jeremiah, he's all right, guy. He's a nice guy, but he's got it all wrong. Anybody ever heard that? Oh, he's a nice guy, but who is it? He's, I almost said it. I'm trying hard. This is tough for me, people. I won't tell you that this morning. He's a nice guy, but how can he think the way he's thinking? He's messed up in his ideology. He's messed up. With, so how do we know the truth? I mean, uh, you, you, uh, you can get it from Facebook, right? There's the truth, right? Yeah, I'm glad that y'all agree. That's the furthest thing from the... Well, what about the media? Oh, boy, that's a good one. They're messed up. See, what do we... Uh, we don't know these politicians. We don't know these people. We don't know these people that support them personally. All we know is what we've been told. We don't know the truth about them except for what God says about them, right? The many will be deceived... And this is what was happening. These guys were coming and deceiving the people and confusing the people. And he says, don't, don't let them do that. I am the God. If, uh, to, to know me is to know the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he was telling Jeremiah, there's going to be some that are going to come and try to deceive the people and deceive many. Be careful, Jeremiah. You preach the word. You tell them to know the word. I want to tell you, I think that's a lot of problem in our churches today. The discussion I was having this week, and, and it was interesting to me that, and I guess I'm getting sidetracked, but, but it was just a, a good point here. Uh, this particular person belonged to another denomination that I am sort of curious about where they get some of their beliefs. I've been studying it for a long time. And just how can they get that out of Scripture? And, and when this person says, oh, yeah, I belong to that church, I thought, aha, I got me one. I'm going to find out just how they come up with this. So I began to question and ask question after question. And finally I got, I don't know. I just go to church there. Okay, bless your heart. But, you know, I got thinking. I don't know what the percentage is, but I bet it's pretty high. Baptist churches, Catholic churches, Presbyterian, Reform, all the others. 
that are out there. I bet you there's a high percentage of people just sitting in church and they don't know why they believe what they believe. They just go to church there. That's sad. Jeremiah, he warns Jeremiah they need to know the truth. If, if you want to know the truth, you want to understand what God's doing in our nation, you want to understand why a person is thinking the way they're thinking, God's Word tells you exactly why they're thinking the way they're thinking, where they get their thoughts, how they come up with it. If they're not a Christian, he says their father's the devil. That's why they can kill babies and ba- millions of babies. I'm not going to stand and back down from that one. I know that's wrong. That's not politics. That's God's law. That's why they can kill them because their father is Satan. I said it. You've got to know the root of the problem. God's word teaches you that. Know the God's word. Know the truth and the truth will set you free. Don't let people deceive you and come up with this uh, false ideas. I got to move on. Verse 9, for the for they prophesy falsely un, unto you in my name, and I have not sent them, saith the Lord. They're going out to deceiving, and then in the name of the Lord. In the name of God, we're saying this. And God said, no, I haven't sent them. We have those today throughout the world. We've seen it over and over and over. Verse 10, And thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you, my good word toward you, and causing you to return to this place. After 70 years, you will come back to Jerusalem. I think it's going to take, God says, I don't think. He says, I know it's going to take 70 years for you to learn your lesson. And then you can return. That's pretty neat. I mean, when my dad punished me, he'd just say, go sit in the corner. I never got a time frame. I had to sit there until daddy said, go, yeah, I could get up. At least God gives you a time frame. So, uh. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Talking to Israel, I think it can apply to our country and to, to us. Saith the Lord, uh, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Uh, I think for that we need to remember God's promises. Uh, remember that God has the final say so. If you want to know that, look at the book of Revelation. I know the last chapter, and I know who's going to win. I know who sits on the throne. I know my Redeemer lives, and I will stand it with him in the last day. That is the hope that we have as Christians. All this mess out here that you hear and see, God is on his throne, people. We don't should get all upset and bent out of shape about that. It shouldn't be surprising to us that our world is continually getting evil and evil and evil and doing despicable things. God said it's going to happen in 1 Peter that it's going to happen. It shouldn't surprise us. Guess what? It's got to happen before the Lord can return. You ever thought about that? It's got to happen. I'll move on. I got a little excited there. Sorry about that. I'm excited that God is on his throne and he has the final say so. 
Verse 12, then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken to you, and you shall seek me, and what? Find me. If you'll seek me, you'll find me. When shall you reach for me without when you shall reach for me with all your heart? See, if you want to be strengthened, if you're discouraged and you're distraught over all that's going on in the world, why don't you just start seeking the Lord? Lord, you, I don't understand what's going on, but you do. Lord, I, I, I wish I could change everything, but it, I, I, there's no way I could change everything, but I know you can. Lord, will you show me what I need to do in my heart first? Will you show me what I need to do in my home first? Lord, will you show me what I need to do in my community first? See, I think if uh, we lived uh, the, the law that God gave to love thy neighbor as thyself, first to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind, right? I'm getting ahead of myself. And then love your neighbor as yourself. I think if we would actually practice that, we'd be living in a different world. All right, let's keep going. Seek the Lord for strength and for understanding and wisdom. Now let's skip down to verse 31. Uh, to, he says, Send to all of them the captivity, saying, Thus saith the Lord concerning uh, Shemaiah and... I love these names. Nelamite, because of the Shemaiah hath prom, uh, prophesied unto you, and I sent him not. And because you... Uh, and because and caused you to trust a lie. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will punish Shammai and Nethamite and his seed. And he shall not have a man to dwell among his people, neither shall he behold the good uh, that I will do for my people, saith the Lord, because he hath taught rebellion against the Lord. Next time you get all bent out of shape and upset about the evil that's going on in our world, just pause for a minute and say, Father, you're on the throne, and vengeance is yours, saith the Lord. God's going to take care of evil. He always has, and he always will. We don't have to get all bent out of shape about it. We don't have to get all uptight. Yes, it ought to break our hearts, but break our hearts to the point of praying to a holy God and asking him to intercede. Not get all and hate your neighbor because they're messed up. Love your neighbor. They can't help. That's all they know. That's all they've been taught because their father may be the devil. They don't know any better. I've got to keep going because I've got a lot to show you here. God will always take care of evil. And if you look at the, the, what happened to Babylon, those that he used to bring into captivity, guess what? They fell too. God punished Babylon for what he did to their people. God wins in the end, people. And God's going to take care of evil. And God's going to take care of good. And God's going to get the glory for all that he does. You can take that to the bank, rest assured, uh, whatever you want to do with it. That's the way it's going to be. And so as Christians, we shouldn't fret over the things that we see going on and get all bent out of shape and, and mad and, and cause divisions. 
make the divisions worse. You say, well, that's good, and, and uh, that's what I want to avoid. I don't want God to punish our nation. I don't want God to do that. And Brother Kenny, what about the Bible? What does it say about being salt and light in Matthew? We should be salt and light, right? Exactly. That doesn't mean you just sit up in your house or, or go up in, in a cave somewhere and hide out. You can't be very good salt or light in a cave somewhere. Uh, when Jesus prayed for the disciple, he prayed for us in John chapter 17. He said, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but in the world that they'd be a witness for you, that you would give them peace, that you would get in the world. Not, don't go hide in a cave. Don't say, well, I can't do nothing, so I'm just going to stay at home. I don't believe that's the right attitude to have about Christians and politics. He says, let your light shine, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let me tell you something. Have you ever put too much salt on something? Makes it taste pretty bad, don't it? Have you ever just had a good cut on your leg or something and you just pour a bunch of salt in it? That's not too good, is it? As Christians, we may be salt and light, but too much salt is not good. Just the right amount of salt makes things taste good. Just the right amount of salt well, could take infections away. And that's what they used to use back in biblical. What about light? You know, a good light is wonderful for seeing. But if you take a big old spotlight and shine it in my eyes, what are you going to do? You're going to blind me. And I'm going to look away from that light. We need to be aware of that as Christians. We may be salt and light, but too much is not good. Said, lead peaceably with all men. We can go to the New Testament. You know, I know I read you an Old Testament stuff. Oh, that's Old Testament. They're under the law. Well, okay. Here's New Testament. We're not under the law. It says the same thing. Romans 12, 16 through 12, 21. Like I said, I'm not going to read all of this, but I'm just going to hit some points. He says, recompense no men evil for evil. In other words, they're hating you for what you believe and what you stand for. Don't hate them back. Love them back. Uh, if it be possible, as much as lie of you, live peaceably with all men. Uh, not, verse 19, dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. And, and the last part of that verse says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. We've got to keep that in, first in our minds and our thoughts as we deal with people that don't think and see and are doing things we think they ought to be doing. He says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. When you see somebody doing something like that, I believe it was our job to lovingly and carefully uh, pray for that person, first of all, be an example to that person, second of all, and encourage them to know the truth. He said, if you do, the, uh, Paul said that to the Ephesians, you do it twice and they won't hear you, just walk away. Don't get in a big argument. Just walk away. Don't overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. 
or be not overcome with evil. Titus uh, 3, 1 through 11, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready uh, to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Do you know that God has ordained and, and put a government in place? And as Christians, we ought to obey that government? Because we understand that God's even in control of that government, right? We may not like the things we do, but we've got to respect the office, right? We've got to respect what God has ordained and put together. That's what he's saying here. And to leave, live peaceably. And, and he says, look, hey guys, do you know why you're so... <laughs> oh You know why you're so educated and you think you know it all? If you do know the truth, why is that? Because God's Holy Spirit within you has revealed it. Not that you're so great on your own. You wouldn't know the truth had God's Holy Spirit not revealed it. That's what I believe those verses are saying. You were fairly foolish before you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. You thought a lot of the same way as the rest of the world. But when you accepted Jesus as your, Holy, as your Savior and the Holy Spirit come to indwell you, He began to reveal all truth to you. Sometimes we even get that mixed up, don't we? All right, got to move on. I know I'm, I'm about done. He says uh, in Titus, he says, uh, to avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and striving about the law for the unprofitable and vain. A man that is a heretic after uh, the first and the second admonition reject. That's what I was telling you. Tell them once or twice, they won't hear with the truth. Just love them and walk away. There's no sense in getting in a big argument. Knowing that, he, uh, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being, condemn, uh, being condemned of himself. He's condemning himself, and you did what you, God told you to do? Let God take care of it now. As I said, uh, another verse, uh, uh, Romans 13, talks about God ordains the government and how we ought to live and respect it. Colossians 1, uh, 16 through 17, it says, For by him were all things created that are in the heaven and in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, or all things were created by him and for him. Christian, do you believe that today? There's what God's on the throne for. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. We need to keep that in our hearts and our minds as we go daily and we see the things that frustrate us so much. Uh, as I said, there's no power. Jesus told uh, Pilate, he says, don't you know that I have the authority to, to send you to the cross and to crucify you? And Jesus just lovingly said, you have no authority except the Father in heaven give it to you. Donald Trump, any other leader in this nation has no authority except for God gave it to him or her. We got to keep that in mind. 
God is behind all things, and all things exist for his purpose, for his plan. God is in control. Uh, Philippians 4, 13 through 15, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. God is working all things out for his good pleasure. If we're going to change America, we, we must change it from the inside out, not from the upside down. It's got to start with the heart. Uh, Second Chronicles seven, Chronicles seven fourteen. He says, "If my people, you know these verses, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, if my people, Christians, that's you, if you'll humble yourselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from your wicked ways, then he, then what? I will hear from heaven." I will deliver you. I will hear from heaven and, and I will forgive their sin and I will hear, heal your, or he says there, but your land. It starts right here, people. It starts right here. If you will humble yourselves, then God will heal the land. What is our greatest commandment to do? The Pharisees asked Jesus this in Matthew 22. He says, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. But he didn't stop right there, did he? Before they could say, Whoo, I've done that. I've done that. I, I didn't, you know, everybody knows I love the Lord. No, he didn't give them a chance to even step in and say anything. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. And. Love thy neighbor as thyself. He didn't even give them a chance to think about it. The second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You want to straighten out America? First of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And in which how you show that you love the God your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind is to love your neighbor, even if they don't think like you do. Pray for your neighbor if they don't believe like you believe. God is in control. God can do all things. There is nothing impossible for God. It's got to start from the beginning. So what has God called us to do? It's to straighten out all the problems of the world, right? No. Only God can do that. God's called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Should a Christian get involved in politics? All I can say about that is you go where the Lord is sending you. If he directs you into politics, praise the Lord. There's another Christian in politics. Bible-believing Christian. So if God sends you there, go. If God doesn't send you there, then leave him alone. Let him deal with the ones he's put there. Do what he's called you to do. Preach the gospel. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love him. Be a godly example that you may have opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. So what am I trying to say here? Yes, there's politics. No, we as Christians should not go live in a cave. You know what counts most about your opinion? Somebody tell me, what counts most about your opinion? As far as politics, y'all know this. 
You just don't know where I'm going with it, do you? Your vote. You want to change the world? Don't just sit at home and say, I don't like none of them candidates. I wouldn't vote for none of them. Well, there's got to be one of them that's the lesser of the two evils. Vote for that one. But to sit and do nothing, you're just as guilty as electing the worst one. Get out and vote. That's what counts. You want to put your opinion out there? Vote. I used to tell this guy he would never vote. At fire, I don't vote. I, that's stupid. I, I wouldn't vote for none of them. But he had rant and raved the whole 24-hour shift about how messed up our government was. And I finally told him, I said, Bill, if you're not going to vote, will you please just shut up? I don't want to hear what you got to say if you're not going to at least go out and vote. You've got no say-so. You can't talk about somebody on how terrible they are if you're not going to do anything to help the issue. All right, I'm getting off. But the point is, as we go and we post things on social media and, and talk about it at, uh, at work and wherever else, the point is, no God's in control. Know that he's in control of all things no matter what. And try to understand where that person's coming from. How were they raised? What do they believe? They don't believe like you do. And if you know that you know that you know that God has convicted you and you know that you're right, then pray for that person that they know. But don't get such in a, in a and, and people do it. You know what? When I was on my, my soapbox and ranting and raving on Facebook and I was going to change the world, you know what I got? Unfriended <laughs> by a lot of people. I did. They didn't want to hear what I had to say. But I was right and I was going to change the world. And here's my Facebook to the whole, the, my opportunity to hold my platform for the whole world. And I'm going to change them. Because I know I'm right and I got unfriended is all I got. What I'm saying is don't let your political stance, your beliefs be so dogmatic, so hard that you miss the opportunity to witness that person, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They unfriend you and they walk out. Your opportunity is gone. And our first opportunity is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the first thing we should do. So don't let politics interfere with what God has called you. Don't be too much salt and too much light. Use the opportunity. God has given you friends that are unbelievers that don't think like you do for a purpose because he may be wanting to use you to win them to over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't run your opportunity that God has set before you over something that's not going to matter for eternity. Let God lead you. Pray for those that don't think like you. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our country. Be an example, a Christian example, not a Republican example, not a Democratic example. Be a Christian example. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor. That includes the ones that don't think like you. Win them over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word, Lord, that it is just awesome that no matter question we have, 
no matter what you, uh, that we can come up with, Lord, you've got an answer. If we'll just search the scriptures, if we will seek your face, if we'll pray and ask you to give us wisdom and knowledge of what to do in each situation. Father, we just praise you for that this morning. We praise you for a country that we can stand and freely proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and what you have done through our nation. And Father, it seems that our country is in great despair and is being divided in so many ways. Father, only you can straighten out the mess that we're in. Lord, we know that you're in control of all things, and we just ask you right now, Lord, just let it begin in me. Let it begin in my heart, in my family, in my community. Lord, lead us and guide us exactly the path that you would have us to go, to use our nation to glorify you. Lord, help us to be sensitive to others. And understanding that they need a Savior. That they need to know the truth so they can be set free. Lord, help us to be sensitive to that. To love all people. Live peaceably with all men, as your word says. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.